but I'm glad that you're here in church with us this evening. It's going to be a great night. I'm excited to preach. I'm always excited anytime I get a chance to open God's Word because I know that it can change your life. And this week, something really special happened. Pastor Chris was preparing for his morning series, which has been on vision, and it has been exceptional. Um, So if you haven't listened to any of the vision series from the morning, it is on the podcast, YouTube, Spotify, you need to get a hold of it. He preached this morning on the first half of Genesis 12 and then strung together some later verses. And I realized when I looked at my notes and what I was preparing, I'm preaching on the second half of Genesis 12. So this is like the unofficial sequel. So Pastor Chris has been talking about getting a vision for your life and being able to move and jump into that vision. And tonight, the title of my message is Never Settle. So once you get a vision from God, don't settle for anything less. So my title tonight is Never Settle. And I want to tell you a story about my new dishwasher. Now, that doesn't sound exciting, but for Hannah and I, it is very exciting because we had our dishwasher break eight months ago, and so I've been hand-washing, taking so much time to wash the dishes, and yes, I was the elected dishwasher, okay? I didn't make Hannah do it, and, but now we have finally gotten a new dishwasher, and in the instruction manual, it says, do not pre-rinse, just put the food, any leftover food in the bin, and then straight away, do not pre-rinse, put it in. Now, our last dishwasher... I, we had to pre-rinse everything, otherwise it, it was not going to get clean. And so with fear and trepidation, I was like, I don't know if this is going to turn out the way it's meant to turn out. Because you know manufacturers, they're like, oh, it's going to be amazing, it's going to be this, it's going to be this. It's never as good as they say. Uh, and I really had to fight the fear that it wasn't going to work out. And I even, some, I was just like, there's no way, there's no way. And I pre-rinsed a few things. But... Most of the stuff we put in, we didn't prevent at all. And it turned out, everything turned out amazing. And I was like, okay, that gives me a bit of confidence for the next load. Now, we put in the next load and everything came out perfect, sparkling, clean. It was beautiful. And I'm so glad that we don't have to pre-rinse now because it means I get more time with Hannah. Um, So that's... That's an absolute win in our books. So, but you know this feeling, right? Where you're like, I I don't know how this is going to turn out. And it's like, I I don't know if this is actually going to clean the dishes like it says it's going to. So you make alternate plans. My alternate plan was I'm going to pre-rinse a little bit. But I didn't actually have to. I ended up just wasting time. I ended up limiting my life by making alternate plans when it would have just worked out right the first time. You know, that feeling where you you wake up and the sun's out, but you're like, you know what? I don't know how how the day's going to turn out, I might just bring a jumper with me. And who knows, that's actually, that pays off. You bring a jumper or a coat with you. Or maybe you're going into a store and you're thinking, I don't know if they have Apple Pay. Am I going to actually have to, have to bring my wallet? What a concept. Am I actually going to have to bring my wallet in? Uh, and so you bring your, in some places you're glad you did. So sometimes it actually pays off to make these alternate plans. You know, you're not sure how it's going to turn out, so you make an alternate plan. But sometimes this actually hurts us in life because we, we hit the unknown. We hit something, we're not sure how it's going to go, and so we make an alternate plan and we end up limiting our life. You know, maybe you have a boyfriend or girlfriend and, and they said they're going to love you for who you are, but you're like, I don't actually know if that's true. I don't know if they actually love me for who I am, and so you hide 
parts of your personality, you hide parts of who you are, and you end up limiting yourself in that relationship. Maybe you, you think to yourself, man, I don't know, I don't know how schooling's going to work out. I don't know if I'm going to graduate. I, I may as well just drop out now. And you make alternate plans and you drop out and you, and you never fully experience the potential that you might have had if you had gone through and pushed hard into graduation. Maybe uh, you go through a circumstance in life where you're just thinking, man, I don't know how I'm going to get through this with my finances. So then you just go, I'm just going to, I don't know if I'm going to tithe this week. I'm going to pull back and I'm going to take that one, take that back for myself. There's so many situations where we think, man, I don't know how this is going to turn out. And you're worried about a job interview. You don't know how it's going to turn out, so you never apply. You're worried about how people are going to view you and the state of your body when you go to the gym, so you just never end up going. You're worried about seeing a therapist because you don't know what stuff is buried deep within that might come out if you go to a therapist, so you just, you just choose to not go there. And we end up limiting our life because we're afraid of the unknown. And when we're afraid of the unknown, we end up going, oh, I don't know how it's going to go. I'm going to make an alternate plan. And so... Oftentimes, I know this fear can be, it can be overwhelming, man. And, and it's kind of like, you know how they say, don't look down when you're going over a bridge? It's like, it's because the more you look down, the scarier it gets. The more that you focus on the fear, the scarier it gets. And it's like, God has this bridge for us. God, we have to go through the bridge of faith to get to the other side of God's promises. And too many of us are looking down. Instead of looking ahead, like Pastor Chris said this morning, having a vision, just getting, just get moving and focus on that vision, man. And you cross that bridge of faith. Forget about the fear and get to a place where God wants you to be. And you'll find yourself living a life that's so exciting. Expansive. God's promises are unfolding in your life. Yes, you could stay where you are. Yes, it is nice. Yes, it is comfortable. But man, we need to get a vision for the other side of that bridge. Like Pastor Chris preached this morning, we got to start moving towards it. And that's why my message tonight is called Never Settle. Let's not settle for the island or the side of the bridge that we're on because God's got bigger and better stuff for all of us. The, the Word of God says that He has good plans for our life. God has good plans for our life. And so I think if God's got good plans for my life, why would I settle for the current plans that I have? I want to jump into it. I want to jump forward. And so that's the whole point of my message tonight. I want to talk to us about how we can combat fear and push past the fear and the stuff that holds us back, the stuff that makes us want to make alternate plans so that we can jump into everything God has for us. And I'm going to use the same character that Pastor Chris used this morning, Abram. Well, at this point in his journey, his name's Abraham, Abram. God changes his name to Abraham later. And Abram, he really goes on a journey of struggling to trust God. He really goes on a journey where it looks like, man, I know that they call him father of faith later. I know that they say he had such great faith later in the Bible. But right now, he does, it does not look like he has faith at all. And his faith seems to be derailed by fear so, so often. And what's interesting is when you read the promise that God made to him, it's like, man, why are you worrying? Because God made this huge promise to you. Genesis 12, 1 to 3, the Lord said to Abram, leave your country, your family, your relatives, and go to the land that I will show you. That's what Abram had to do to unlock God's promise. I will bless you and make your descendants into a great nation. Who wants to be blessed? That's pretty good. You will become famous and a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and I will curse those who curse you and everyone on earth, that's a lot of people, will be blessed because of you. So there's a huge promise here. Everyone on earth is going to be blessed because of Abram. That's a huge promise. So if everyone has to be blessed by him, surely nothing can touch him. 
God even said, I'll curse anyone that curses you. So Abram's got this huge promise on his life. God's going to protect him. God's going to bless him. And so right now, Genesis 12, we're watching with eagerness. The narrative invites us to, 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 to buckle the seat, to grab the seat and go, man, what's going to happen? God's prom- is God's promise going to unfold? And I've seen so many people uh, throughout youth ministry, and I'm like, man, I can see that God's got such good things for your life. Where is this going to go? And so many of us right now, uh, all of us here, God's got a plan for your life. And it's almost like there's this tension in heaven that's like when we walk out today, it's like, man, are we going to see God's promises unfold today? And so we're all watching. We're excited about Abram. And Abram, he does take this huge step of faith. He leaves the land that he was in and he gets into the promised land, the land that God had promised for him. And so it's like, man, yes, come on, Abram. You're doing well. You moved out of the land and that's the land that God had for you. But then what's so funny is Abram gets to the land and he sets up a worship, an altar to worship God. But then the very first thing he does after entering the land is he leaves the land. It's like, oh, what? what? Did, isn't he, he was supposed to be in the promise. But then verse 10, the crops failed. There was no food anywhere in the land. So Abram and his wife, Sarai, went to live in Egypt for a while. One, verse say, one translation says he went to live in Egypt as a foreigner. If you're a foreigner, you, that's not your homeland. He, he left the land. He was in a place that he wasn't supposed to be. He was a foreigner. We, and we all thought he was going to be blessed. What's going on here? And I know that so many of us, that's what life can feel like sometimes. Like, man, I I thought God was supposed to do something good in my life. I thought this was supposed to end up well, but what the heck's happening right now? I I seem to be in a land that's different to the land that God promised me. Anyone who's been around in church for a while, heard the inspirational message, been excited to follow God, and then you find yourself in a land that you're not supposed to be in, and you're like, what the heck? I thought Abram was going to be blessed, but then he's leaving the land And just before he got to Egypt, verse 11, he said, Now, Sarai, you're really beautiful. He's starting off well, talking to his wife. Ah, you're really beautiful, Sarai. And so when the Egyptians, when they see you, they're going to be like, they're going to see how lovely you are. And they're they're going to murder me because because I'm your husband. And if they want to take a wife, that's all they're going to do, kill off the husband. Man, they're going to murder me. So please... Save my life by saying that you're my sister. And what we see right here is God had promised Abram that he would bless him. God had promised Abram that he would curse anyone who curses him. So Abram, he would be right. If Pharaoh wanted to throw stones at Abram, man, you've got to get past God first. But Abram chooses to find safety his own way. He gets scared and he chooses to take Make his own path. And now he's seeking for Sarai to save him, not for God to save him. And where that ends up, as soon as Abraham and Sarai ended in, arrived in Egypt, the Egyptians, they did notice how beautiful she was. The king's officials told him about her and she was taken to the king's house, or to Pharaoh's house. So now Abraham's choice to seek life by his own hand and not by God's hand has landed in a place where the the promise is, it looks like it's jeopardized. Because how is he supposed to be the father of nations if he doesn't have his wife with him to become a father? Him choosing, him getting fearful and choosing to take life by his own hand. The promise, it looks like it's jeopardized. 
And then verse 17, it goes on, because of Sarai, the Lord struck the king and everyone in the palace with terrible diseases. And the king goes to Abram and he says, man, what have you done to me, man? Why didn't you tell me that Sarai was your wife? Why did you make me believe that she was your sister? Now I've gone and married her. You know what? Just take her. Just get out. Take her and go. And the king told, um, told his men to let Abram and Sarai take their possessions and leave. And this is now looking even sadder because the verse said, God's promise said, you will be a blessing to all the families on earth. And this is the first time that Abram comes into contact with another family. And was he a blessing? God, there was plagues, man. There was plagues. What the heck is going on? I don't know if you've ever felt like your life is in this place. It just seems like over and over We've just, we've just lost out. I don't know if God's promise is there anymore. Due to, due to Abram taking things into his own hands, he finds himself bringing a curse, not a blessing. And I think there's some important lessons to be learned here. And so let's jump in and see what we can learn. I promise it's going to get better, okay? It's not all doom and gloom. And if you listen to Pastor Chris's message this morning, you can hear about some of the great things Abram did. God redeemed him. He's He's an awesome guy. Um, But let's dig in. The first thing I want to get across to you tonight is that we need to give God room to move. God promised to curse anyone who curses Abraham. So I like to imagine what would have God done if Abram and Sarai walked in and Pharaoh's like, I'm going to kill that guy. Like what sort of thing would have God done to Pharaoh to, to protect Abram? But we don't even get to see that story because Abram didn't even give God a chance to move. He just chose to find life and blessing his own way. And it's always tempting to pull the plug on something out of fear. You know, sometimes we pull the plug on something before it's even had a chance. Sometimes we pull the plug on God before we've even given him a chance to move. It's like whenever Wi-Fi stops working, I just switch over to 4G. I, couldn't, I could not be bothered to get up and see, just give my Wi-Fi a chance. And generally the Wi-Fi comes back. Um, but I don't even give it a chance. I'm just like, man, stuff it. Just go on a 4G. And I don't know if you're like that with God, where it's just like, this isn't working out how I thought it was going to be. I'm really not sure how this is going to go. You know what? I'm just going to go back to my own thing because I know that works. I know 4G will work. It's worked before. I'm going to just jump back to that. Hannah and I, we um, saw a financial advisor just before we got married because we really wanted to create a life for our future kids that was going to be um, secure for them and that give them a great life. And, but the first thing that happened is we lost money because we're paying a financial advisor. And it's very tempting. And, I've, and I saw other people, you know, they pull out because they're like, man, I don't know if I'm ready for this because I'm, I'm losing money. But now I'm so thankful that we stuck with it because on a 30-year mortgage, we're five years away from finishing paying it off. And that's what happens when you choose to stick with something rather than leaving at the first sign of, oh, this isn't going how I thought it was going to go. Anyone who's invested in any kind of stocks or shares, you know when the market dips, you don't pull out. It's, you get returns over a long run. And uh, Malachi 3 verse 10, God actually talks about this. He says, yo, I'm the Lord, all-powerful. That's how God says to me anyway. Yo, I challenge you to put me to the test. Bring the entire 10% into the storehouse so there'll be food in my house. And hey, I'm going to open up the windows of heaven. I'm going to flood you with drip after drip, blessing after blessing. Man, it's going to be all jeezy for for you in the heezy. I didn't plan on that go. But God says in this verse, I invite you to test me. Because you know what? Too often, we don't even give God a chance to move. 
you can't expect God to move in your life if you don't even give him the chance. So I wonder for you, what is that area? And a question I want to ask tonight, is there any area in your life where you've never even given God the room to move? Maybe you want to see blessing on your finances, but you've never taken that step to tithe. You've never even tested God in that sense. Maybe you want to hear God's voice about where to go in life, but you've never even tried turning journaling from just a one-time thing into a regular habit. Maybe you want to see God bless your life abundantly, but you've never embraced kingdom generosity and been a blessing to others. Maybe you want God to restore a relationship that you had with your parents or with a friend, but you won't even start a conversation and see if God would move in it. You want to be healed of that condition in your body, but you've never even spoken or uttered a prayer about it. Is there any area in your life where you've never given God the room to move. And I want to encourage you, you know, what could it look like? It's important for us to think, what could it look like if I gave God room to move in that area? Maybe it is just setting time aside to pray about that. Maybe it's setting some triggers to pray. Uh, I always find um, sitting down and praying is like a lot harder than if I set triggers in my world. Like if I ever hear this word come out of someone's mouth, if I ever experience this in life, boom, that's a trigger for me to pray. Immediately, I'm just going to turn straight to prayer. If I start to even get an inkling of a headache or a migraine, I'm like, whoop, straight to God. God, I need, I need help right now. And, uh, and so let's set triggers like that. How long do you wait for God to intervene, to intervene before you decide that you're going to jump in and take control? How much of a chance do you give God? And how good are you at resisting fear? How quickly do you cave in for the safe option? And I want to challenge you and encourage you tonight to stretch that out and and give God the space to move in your life. I've got to keep moving. The next thing I want to share tonight is that we've got to get ready to go again. You know, Abraham, it looks like he'll never get another chance at God's promise. He took things into his own hands. He gave up his own wife. And now he's, if he's going to be the father of anything, he, he can't because his wife's in Pharaoh's house. But God makes the promise possible again by sending plagues and Sarai gets returned to Abram. You know, God is not rewarding Abram's deception. God is not rewarding Abram's mistake. But actually he's honoring the promise that he made to Abram in the first place and going, you know what, you jeopardize the promise, but I'm going to return Sarai to you. I'm going to return her to you so that you can become the father of all nations again. God is making a way for Abram in verse 17 to receive the promise again. And many of us, we think, man, if we think we, if we miss the boat with God, we're done. We think that if we miss a promise that God has given to us, we're out. We think that we stuffed that up and uh, you know what? I just don't know if God would give me another chance. But let me tell you in Philippians 1 verse 6, it says that God is faithful to complete the good work that he began in you. I love the way contemporary English version says, God's the one who began the good work in you, and I'm certain that he won't stop until it's completion. So if God began something in you, man, you can make mistake after mistake after mistake after mistake, and God's just going to keep coming in and intervening. He's going to return Sarai to Abraham. He's going to make a way for you. He's going to make a way in your family. Whatever you need to get back on track with the promises that he originally had for your life, nothing can count you out if you choose to cry out to him and follow him once again. You might have tried things your own way. You might feel like you've ruined every chance that you've gotten, but God is faithful to his word. He'll make a way for you to receive the promise that he gave to you right back at the start. So ask yourself this, what dreams or desires did you think were lost? Maybe you had health issues that made you think, man, we're never going to have kids and you've given up believing. 
Maybe you wanted to be somewhere financially, maybe own a house or get into a rental property, but you just didn't have the cash or you just couldn't manage to get in and you've given up on that. Maybe you wanted to give up a bad habit or an addiction, but you just keep finding yourself trapped in it. Maybe you wanted to do a course in uni, but you just didn't get the scores you'd hoped for. And so you just decided, I'm never going to uni. Man, God can make a way in your life if we just choose to trust him, give up control and trust him. And that's my last thought today is, are we going to choose control or are we going to choose growth? My favorite quote from Pastor Craig Grishel is, you can have control or you can have growth, but you can't have both. And we're all going to have moments in life where we're tempted to choose control. Well, you know what? This isn't going how I thought it would. I'm going to grab the reins. I'm going to grab the steering wheel. I want to control this. But if we want to see God move in our life, we have to choose to let go of the reins. We have to choose. I'm not going to intervene. I'm going to give God room to move. I want to see what God's going to do. And I'm so glad that we see Abram's full journey. I'm so glad that as Pastor Chris preached this morning, we see him turn into that great, great man of faith who made huge leaps, gigantic leaps of faith and saw God's blessing because of it. I'm convinced that this part of Abram's story where he makes a few mistakes is in there to tell us, hey, it doesn't matter how many times you make mistakes. That's a chance for you to go, you know what? I'm going to get up again the next day. Today, I'm going to choose growth. Today, I'm going to choose to have faith and trust in God. And that's what we all need to choose this week. I'm not going to control that situation. I know that I don't know how it's going to turn out, but man, I want to choose growth. I want to choose uh, to trust God this week. Like, Timothy, like Paul says to Timothy, train yourself to be godly. And like so many things with God, we need to train ourselves. And training means doing something again and 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 again. And so if you want to get to a, pl- a place in your life where you're trusting God heaps, it might feel like a huge step, but it can start small. So what's something small in your life that you can trust God with today? so that you'll be ready for the big things later. Maybe it is to trust God with tithing. Maybe trust God with sacrificing some TV time for journaling to hear his voice. Man, if you train yourself to hear God's voice through journaling, you're going to be in the middle of a really hard situation and you're going to need to hear God's voice in an instant. And because you chose to journal, because you chose to trust that God would speak to you in the small things, you're going to hear his voice when you need it most. So where do you want to grow in life? Where do you want to grow? Think about that right now. What's an area in your life where you would just love to see this situation in your life get better? And then why don't you just make a self-analysis right now? That area of life, does it look like I'm trusting God or does it look like I'm holding the reins really tightly? A job or future job prospects, have you prayed about it? Your attitude or your habit, have you trusted God to help you with it? Or are you just trying to use willpower alone? You know, I believe that all of us here today can combat the fear that comes and makes us want to grab the steering wheel. I believe that all of us can choose to learn today, to choose growth, to choose trust and not control. And above all, I I really do believe that God has a good plan for your life. And I love the way Pastor Dean said it once. He said, that verse in Jeremiah, it says, I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. It's not one plan that if you stuff it up, it's all done. God has plans for your life. God will make a way in your life. And so I want to finish off tonight. I'm just going to pray. So why don't you close your eyes and why don't you stand up as well while we're at it? God, I just thank you for every single person in this place here. I pray that you'll help us this week to choose growth, to choose trust, to choose faith. And when we're tempted to grab the reins, that we would give you time to move. Jesus' name. 
Amen. Now I'm going to give you all an opportunity right now to self-reflect. And so just close your eyes once again, just so that we've got a bit of space, no distractions. And, uh, you know, our journey, your journey with God, it, it's either your, your journey in life, sorry, it's either got God in it or it doesn't. You've, you're either holding the reins or God is. And, you know, Jesus made a way for us. He removed anything that would hinder us from being able to trust God. And now we have a moment right now where you can decide to give the reins over to God, to to write God into your story from today forward. And so if that's you and you would like to do that, then I want to pray for you. And I want you to consider praying with me and inviting God into your life. But just before I do, I just love to see if there's anyone here so I can pray with you. And everyone's got their eyes closed. I just told us to before. If that's you, If you want to just give the reins over to God today, just put your hand up right now. I'm going to pray specifically for you. Great. One, two, three, four, five, six. Awesome. Awesome. Let's pray together. And if this is you, man, really pray this in your heart. Dear Jesus, I want to follow you. You can just pray this in your heart. It's all right. I open my heart to you. Help me to follow you. Help me to choose trust this week and actively involve you in my life. Amen. And hey, that's a simple prayer, but really all God look, is looking for is simple faith. And if you prayed that prayer with me, or maybe you're thinking about um, bringing God into the center of your life or, and you're just not sure about it, um, we'd love to talk to you. We'd love to help you on the journey. And Pastor Matt is going to explain what you can do next to kickstart your journey with Jesus. Thanks, Pastor Slater.